I'm really, really excited about today's message. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to open to Acts chapter 12 as we conclude this kind of two-part series uh, that I'm calling Knock Knock, Who's There? Acts chapter 12 is where we're going to be hanging. We'll probably flip around to a couple of different other places. They'll be on the screen, but the main place is Acts chapter 12 uh, this morning. And we started on this this, uh, short series last Sunday. And if you missed that one, uh, we encourage you to listen to the, the podcast. It will bless you. It will help you. But, um, but let's start by reading verses 1 through 6 in Acts uh, chapter 12. I'm reading from the NIV, and it's come to my attention that my Bible is the NIV, um, like every other translation, updates uh, and it updates periodically, and it's been updated um, uh, for language and so forth uh, in the last few years. And so sometimes when I'm reading out of my Bible NIV, it doesn't exactly match what's on the screen because they don't have the old version uh, for us to download anymore. So, but I'm not changing my Bible. I'm going to keep my because it's got my notes in it. So it's what I, I just so it's, you just stick with me. Here we go. Acts chapter twelve, verses one through six. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Uh, He has intentions to take you down. The enemy has intentions to defeat you, but greater is he who is in you than he who is in this whole world. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Now, we know when he said put to death with the sword, that means he had him brought out in public display and he physically took the sword and chopped his head off while he was alive. Now, this was a leader of the church. And so how would that make the church feel if their leader just got beheaded in front of them? It probably would cause you to maybe not go to the potluck on Sunday. I don't know. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So Peter's the other main leader in the church, and so this evil King Herod not only killed one leader, James, now he seized and arrested Peter. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Why is that important? Because during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, should King Herod, who didn't really care about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, have Peter put to death during that feast, he realized it might really rally the Jews against him. So that means during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he is not going to have him executed at this time, but he has plans to have him executed in a day or two. So he's been arrested, and that means, of course, he's in jail. After arresting him, here it goes, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. And so he's really on lockdown, he's in isolation, and he's being guarded by uh, at least four soldiers at a time. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. To me, that's the most powerful verse of this story, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Peter was sleeping instead of stewing. Peter was sleeping instead of stressing because there's something going on in the heart of Peter. Now, we're going to read on in this story in just a moment, but I want to remind you um, that we'll discover in the next verse that obedience always precedes freedom in your life. You must be obedient to God before you'll find yourself freed from the chains that are binding you. In Peter's life, he had to get up. 
He had to be obedient. God is looking for our obedience. Somebody at New Life Church say amen this morning. He's looking for you to be obedient. And for Peter, that meant he needed to get up. And then the chains were going to fall off of him. And I still think that's true for each one of us. Here's what I've, I've discovered about this story is there is no indication from this text that Peter had faith to believe that he was going to be freed from prison. He didn't know that. He didn't say he knew the chains were going to... He didn't say he knew he was going to walk. He didn't say he knew he was going to be free. As far as we know, Peter knew that his fate was just like James's fate. Now, he had kept his faith, but we, didn't, we don't have any indication to know that he believed he was going to be set free. All he's doing is going through the motions like some of you are doing today. He's just going through the motions. And I'm not even saying that this is always a bad thing to do. Sometimes going through the motions is all you can do in your journey with God. Sometimes you you come to church, all you can do is come to church and and fake it. I, I mean, faith it until you make it, right? Yeah, and, until you feel it inside. And I believe most of us, if we were Peter, as I really looked at the story, I don't think that most of us would have received the miracle <laughs> that Peter did in the prison cell in Acts chapter 12. Because, why, Troy? Well, good question. Because I think that most of us would not have followed the instructions of the angel that came into that prison cell until we knew the details. You got to give me the the bright light shines in, and you, the, the angel. You're going to see this in the next verse. The bright light comes and shines in, and, and, and Peter's sleeping. And most of us would have been turn off the light, man. Turn off, turn off the light. Get up, the angel says. We might have said, "Why? Who are you to tell me? I need to see some identification before you're going to make me get." Here's what's true for me: when I'm in a place of rest like Peter is. He is resting. I'm able to respond without overthinking it. God wants you to be in a place of peace in your life. In the midst of the storm that you might be going through. Because when you're at a place of peace, you won't overthink it. And when God tells you to take another lap like you told Trinity, you'll take another lap like you see what I'm talking about. Some people overthink it too much even in worship. I'm going to see a victory. I can't sing that, Troy. I'm not, not sure if it's true. You need to start singing it so that you can start seeing it. I'm going to see a victory. Start singing it so you can start seeing it because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Start singing it so that you can start seeing it in your life. Now, the old Peter, the old Peter, remember the one who argued with Jesus all the time. The old Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times, probably would have questioned the angel. But the new Peter, the, the, the post-reinstatement Peter, the, the new Peter who was, was uh, fishing and Jesus after his resurrection and before he ascended into heaven sees him from the beach and, and waves at him and, and come brings him in and Peter dives in the water. The new Peter who was restored, who Jesus said, do you love me? Three times. The new Peter who Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The new Peter, and he wasn't going to question. 
he was just going to walk. So let's take a look at verses uh, 7 and 8, and we'll continue on in this story. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Notice the angel still had not told him his destination. Because faith is getting dressed even when you don't know where you're going. You just, you just get dressed. You don't know where. You, and Peter did so. He got dressed with no destination in mind. And I wonder to myself, would I not have been, dude, where are we going? What's happening here? What's going? I need some more information before I can follow you. And Peter didn't do that. Peter got dressed with no destination in knock, knock. Peter got, Peter got dressed with no destination in mind. I think Peter, you know, God's knocking. And I think, I think Peter is, is, is this God? Well, I sure hope so. And he's, he's followed, no details, just obedience. Get up, get dressed, put on your cloak, put on your sandals. You see what's happening? God is in the small things in your life. If you will be obedient in the small things, he will bless you in the big things. Be obedient. In the, all of this seems very small. Truth be told, if I was Peter, I don't mind. If I'm going to get out, I'll, get, I'll go in my skivvies if it means I'm going to get out of this prison cell that I'm in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes? I just want to be free. God, through the angel, told Peter to get up, get dressed, put on your cloak, put on your sandals, and Peter did so. It's just that simple. Then the angel said, follow me. Peter didn't say. He did not say, where are we going? He just followed. I'm just following Christ. I'm just following grace. I'm just following mercy. I'm just cooperating with my God. I'm just getting in line with what God is doing in this season in my life. I'm just coming to agreement with God and acceptance of this situation that he has placed me in. And step by step by step by step, I am going to follow Jesus Christ. How many of you use uh, maps on your phone? Anybody besides me? You get in your, you, you know what you know, you just use maps, right? Um, I don't like a part of my, I don't know if you use Google Maps, I don't know if you use Yahoo, what it is that you use, but... Um, I don't like uh, when I accidentally hit, because I don't intend to do that, when I accidentally hit the button that says details. I don't like that at all. It gets me all confused. Uh, because details tells me every turn and every U-turn and every all, my, all of the details. It's a feature that I don't really care for. I don't want to see the entire trip. I, wanna, I can't handle what's coming seven turns down the road. I can't handle that, especially if I'm in uncharted territory. I like knowing one turn at a time because that's all I can handle is one turn. Now, some people are the opposite. Huh, Pastor, I need the big picture. I need to see everything. Maybe that's your control issue and going on. I don't know what it is, but it takes a little bit of faith to trust the one turn at a time. It can also be overwhelming if you know what's going to happen down the road. And then you start questioning the one who has all of the information with regard to the traffic jams. And you're like, but I think I know a better way. Now, I know some of you can probably prove me wrong because Siri doesn't. I know, but Siri's not God. God is God. And he knows the turns in your life. It takes trust and it takes faith 
All I want is to know when the next turn is coming. Because I got too many other things on my mind. I don't know if you just get in your car and click in a destination and that's like the number one thing in your life. But for me, that's not the number one thing in my life. I'm thinking about the hospital as the destination and how we're going to pray and how we're going to believe. And I, I just want to know the one turn that it's going to take me while I'm thinking about what's going to happen when I... Does that make sense? In Acts chapter 12, Peter has been told to do the next thing. And that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. You just need to do the next thing. You just need to take the next step. For most of us, we can't handle anymore. I can't do anymore. I just, I just need to do the next thing. We don't have to be Peter to be in prison. Addiction is a prison. Anxiety is a prison. Take the next step. Depression is a prison. How many times... Depression, by the way, is an epidemic. Amen. How many times have somebody told you, maybe a doctor or a friend or you read online, if you're depressed, you need to get a little bit more sunshine. If you're depressed, you need to maybe take a little bit of a walk. If you're depressed, you need to drink some more water. All of those things, by the way, are directly connected to God's holy word. Just do the next step. Just do that. Don't get overwhelmed with, I, I, with 52 steps to wellness. Just do the next step. Mindsets. Can, you've got a mindset that's sour? You've got to change it? Just do the next step. Don't, don't, be, don't be given up because it, hasn't, it didn't change overnight or it didn't change in a year. Just do the next step. Step, trauma. You went through some trauma? You want to overcome that trauma? It's painful. I'm not minimizing it. Do the next step. Isolation. Uh, never really engaging in real relationships, authentic relationships. That can be a prison. Amen. Take the next step. Make the call. Accept the invitation. Go to the event. Just take the next step. Hiding. Hiding can be uh, concealing something. That can be a prison. What, what do I got to do? Take, you got to do the next step. And I think you know what the next, if you don't ask, but I think you know what the next step. So if, if you're in prison, all you need to do to get out of prison is the next thing. Just do the next thing. You can't always predict the path of your freedom. You can't do that, but you can respond to the light that shines into your prison cell because where God is, there is light. But for Peter, truly, it says in, he thought he was having a dream. Look at, look at verse, verse number nine. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what, uh, that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was dreaming. Do, do, do you know, do you know that, that most of the time, uh, you don't even know that it was God until after the fact? Is that, is that true for you? Until you look back and say, God was in that. I mean, you don't know in the moment. While you're in it, it can feel uncertain. It can feel confusing as you're going through it. But you're like, I don't even know what's going on right now. While you're in it, 
It's only after you've been through it that Romans 8, 28 makes sense. And then, and then once you've been through it, you can say with confidence that all things work together for my good. But it's hard to say that in the process of it, but just know God is with you. And so, and so Peter's just going through the motions. He's just worshiping. He's just moving. He's just obeying. He's just taking the next step. And then Peter has this kind of cool moment in Acts chapter 12, verse number 10. The next verse, they passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. God will do for you what you cannot do for you. Somebody say amen. But God will not do for you what you can do for you too. I love this next little phrase in here. We can kind of skim over it very quickly, but, but let's, let's take our time here. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. They had to walk through it. The angel didn't say, all right, piggyback time, jump on, here we go. The angel didn't scoop him up and carry him through it. Peter had to walk through the gate. You have to go through it, friend. You don't want to hear that, but you have to go through it. You have to go through it. You have to get through it. You have to trust and have confidence that you can get through it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to get through it. 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 You got to go through it. Do you know how many people are standing and knocking on a door that's already open? It's time to go through it. And we waste precious time not going through it. Or we waste precious time wishing that the door wasn't there. Or we waste precious time praying for a miracle to happen. I got news for you today. It already did. I mean, it already happened. Your situation has already been transformed by the cross of Jesus Christ through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It already happened. The door is already open for you. But you got to go through it. And when you do, that becomes the proof that you trust God even while you're in it. Even while you're in it. Some of you are going through it right now. I got just two words for you. It's not a pat answer. Trust God. Trust God. Trust that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Trust that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Trust that, that with God, all things are possible. Trust that greater is he. I feel like a scratched record every week, but trust that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Trust that he will never, ever, ever, ever leave you, nor forsake you. Trust God. And since you're going through, I know you're going through it. I know you're going through it. I had half a notion today during worship to interrupt the flow, and then I felt like the Spirit was like, no, it's not the time. But I really felt like interrupting the flow and just kind of calling it out. I know what you're going through. At least I know a snapshot of it, what you're going through. I know what you're going through. I mean, I, I'm, I know what you're going through. I know what you're walking. I, I mean, I, I hear you. I see you. God knows what you're going through. He knows all of the trouble, the hardship, and the pain. He knows it. And, and listen, sure, you're going through it, but stay in the fight. Sure, you're going through it. Stay in the furnace. <laughs> stay in the boat. 
Stay in the lion's den. Stay in the battle. Can you kind of see a theme in the word of God? Stay in it, guys. Don't. God will rescue you. He is for you because the power of God doesn't always prevent the attack, but it will protect you while you're going through it. That's what he did for Peter. And that's what he'll do for you. God is going to get you through this. He is going to get you through this. Now, you don't know my problem's worse than anybody else's. Do you even hear yourself? He's going to get you through this. I mean, your, your best friend and your cohort was just beheaded in front of you, and you had been praying for him, and you're like, man, we had a powerful prayer meeting. Surely God is he's gone, and now I'm in prison. i got four guards guarding me in the inner court, and they're, they're strapped to me, and there's some at the door. You think yours is the worst problem ever? I'm not minimizing your situation. I know it hurts. It really sucks. I mean, it's bad. But greater is he. You, 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 what other choice do you have than to hold on to God's word? God's going to get you through this. Here's what I know. The gate is open. The way is made. Faith has already provided for you the grace that you need to get through this. Let's look at the rest of, I could hang in this forever. Look at the rest of verse number 10. Um, when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. <laughs> now what do I do? Does it feel like that sometimes? God takes you to a certain place, you feel like, and then boom! <laughs> Where'd you go, God? Right? It just, what, what, what happened? And now Peter's got to figure out where to go from here. Here's what I know about Job in the Old Testament. God said, God was having this conversation with the devil and, and, and in Job chapter 1. And, and, and God, says, God says to the enemy, have you considered my servant Job? In that one phrase, God isn't just saying that Job trusts me. God is saying that I trust Job. See, when God leaves you, it's not a sign that he is, he is not with you. It's a sign that he trusts you that you're thoroughly equipped to handle that which lies ahead of you. I think it's a wonderful thing. Pastor, I, I can't even, I, I just I can't even hear from God right now. Well, there, there you go. He must really trust you right now because he's already equipped you for what, what is at, at hand for you in your life. Mm. The angel's gone, and, and I think this is the moment that Peter probably fully wakes up from what he perceives as a trance. Oh my goodness, what's What's going on here? He's totally awake, and, and he realizes what's happening. That's the same place that you and I come to quite often, don't we? What just happened? What's going on here? Peter knows he's in trouble. He knows what door he needs to knock on. He knows what door. The same true for you and me. And um, We know what door we should knock on when life is spinning out of control, don't we? We know what door we should knock on when life is spinning out of control. Some of you got your heart broken because you knocked on the wrong door. Some, some of you got your mindset all messed up because you knocked on the wrong door. And what's really kind of crazy to me is, is we keep going back to the same door that disappointed us the first time, knocking on it as if there's something inside that can help us this time, maybe this time, maybe this time. When you keep knocking on the wrong doors, when you keep knocking for the wrong relationships, when you keep rock, knocking on the wrong patterns in your life, you're destined for all kinds of hurt and pain. It's very important to know where to knock. It's very important to know where to knock. And thank God Peter knew where to knock. See, Peter knew that John Mark's mother's house was down the street and around the corner. 
It's all in this. We're going to read it. In just He knew that, that John Mark's mother's house was there. Apparently, this was the place that Peter, along with the other disciples, were having a prayer meeting. Who were they praying for? They were praying for James, who had been arrested. Did their prayers work? Uh, I know, he got his head chopped off. So now, so now, Peter, but Peter knows, Peter knows that at that house, there's going to be some praying folk. Amen. <sighs> you feel like God is not with you, or no longer actually present with you. The angel isn't walking with you at this moment. You need to be looking for, like the example is in Scripture, you need to be looking for some people that can stand with you by faith for your situation. Where are you going to find those folks? <laughs> look to your left. Look to your right. Look in front of you and look behind you. Because you should find those folks in a place like this. Can somebody say amen? Amen and amen and amen. So they had been looking, they had been looking for, or Peter had been looking for this house, and he knew if he knocked on that door, there'd be some people that could help him. Let me, let me say something. The, hit the pause button for a second. Um, you're here today, and those of you watching by live stream are with us. Um, I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what's spiraling this morning. Oftentimes, I'm surprised when I hear, oh my, I had no idea that that was happening in your life. I don't know what kind of anxiety and, and issues and what you're fearful that is around the corner in your life. I don't know what kind of mess you're going to go home to this afternoon, but here's what I do know. You knocked on the right door today. You knocked on the right door today because everything you need is in the presence of our great and mighty God. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on now. Everything you need is in the presence. Turn to your neighbor and say, you knocked on the right door today. You knocked on the right door today. You knocked on, listen, I, the fridge is full. The bed is made. There's a fire in the kitchen. You knocked on the right door today, baby, right? You're in the right place. Look at verse Verse, man, aren't you having fun with this? Verse number 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to, and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Everything that they had intended to do to me. And the same is true for you. Peter was saying, Herod came a-knocking to get me and to kill me, but it couldn't happen. It came for him, but it couldn't have him. And the same is true for you and for me. It came for you, but it can't have you. It came for you, but it can't destroy you. It came for you, but it can't take you out. And now you know that God is with you. Amen. And then verse, verse, number, verse number 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, John Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. It's amazing to me that they were still praying. They were still asking. They were still seeking. They were, they were still knocking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Roy, I don't know. Would I, would I be that tenacious? I'd like to think so, but I don't know. You know, we had this prayer meeting, and it lasted several days. We were praying for James, and, you know, kind of, kind of went south on us a little bit. I don't know if I'd still be in that prayer meeting. I, don't, I like to think that I would. They prayed for James, but, you know, I don't know if I'd have the faith to continue praying for all those days. I hope that I would. I can stand here and say, yes, I would. 
I just pray that I would have that kind of tenacious faith inside of me. But I wonder if there's a lot of us who, who, who in secret, we hope, and in secret, we, we pray, and in secret, we dream for things that we really don't believe could ever happen. We really don't believe that. We sing this song, Freedom, and I love this song, but a long time ago, we stopped, we stopped dreaming about it because we just really don't believe it. Peter is out of prison, but the people in the prayer meeting don't know that. I mean, there was no tweet that went out, oh, ah, Peter's out of prison. They, they had no idea that Peter's out of prison. They don't know that, and they're still praying. It takes faith Amen. to pray for Peter when you've lost James. Amen. Amen. Um, make that make sense for me, Troy. Well, when you've seen God move the mountain, it gets easier to pray that he'll move the next mountain, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> be saved, be removed, and cast to the sea, and it shall be done. But when you prayed that that mountain would be removed and it's not gone, and now there's a whole other mountain that you got to pray that's going to be removed, it gets a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? Now you got two mountains. Don't you wish it was only two? How many know what I'm talking about, right? That's like a whole range I've got. Like, like the sea, no, no, the Rockies, baby, right? I got to say, be removed. And can, is there a sea large enough? You wonder sometimes. Hmm. You got to pray. And these people were prayer warriors. Because even though there were multiple mountains, it didn't stop their prayers. It didn't stop their persistence. And it didn't stop their belief. And I double dog dare you, new life. To don't let these mountains, these multiple mountains, stop your persistence, stop your prayer, and stop your belief. Somebody say amen. amen. And then look at verse number 13. When Peter knocked at the outer entrance, or Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. Peter, well, I think that's probably how Peter would have knocked, right? He just broke out of prison, man. <laughs> you know, just, anyway, you knock differently when you're desperate, don't you? You knock a little bit differently. You pray differently when you know you need God. Yeah, something's happening. So I'm just giving you a little bit more detailed what I think about this. The people in the house were praying for Peter. And here's what's really ironic about this, is they had no idea that their, the answer to their prayer request is standing outside their door. And so look at verse number 14. We're, gonna, we're fixing to get exciting. Um, when she recognized Peter's voice, so she didn't open the door. When, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. You forgot something, Rhoda, right? Like, let the guy in. And so she runs back, and she's like, Peter's at the door. She's just so jazzed about this. I think she recognized Peter's knock. Remember I told you how my kids were younger, I could recognize their knock? I wonder if she recognized, well, how do you know that? Because nobody knocks as loud as Peter does. No, nobody knocks as persistent like Peter does. Nobody makes it through denying Jesus three times and comes back to preach on the day of Pentecost like Peter. No, listen, listen. My failures taught me to be persistent. 
That's the knock of Peter. Nobody knocks like the one who's going through it. Even though I've made mistakes, I know that God is working in my life at this moment. That's a knock of somebody who has faith, who has trust, who has belief. When she recognized his voice, she was so pumped and she didn't even open the door. Let's see what happens next. Verse number 15. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting, she kept insisting, she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. You're out of your mind. I think that's a, that's a highly sought after compliment because the problem with most of us is, is our mind, right? Our mind is in, our mind is, that's what's holding me back. I need to get the thoughts of God in my mind and not my own doubts and my own, my, my own flawed expectations. Isaiah 55, 9 tells us that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. And, and, and that's the thoughts that Rhoda had going on. It must be his angel, they said. Well, you know what, they're really, listen, they had more, it was easier for them to believe that Peter had died and his spirit, his angel had been roaming around and was at the front door than it was for them to believe that Peter was alive and the things they'd been praying for came to pass. What flawed faith they had. But don't be critical. God can use flawed faith. I know that. God can use flawed faith. I mean, how many of y'all know that? Verse number 16, but Peter, I love this, he just kept on knocking. He just kept, kept, he just kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, well, they were astonished. <laughs> yeah, he just, Peter just, Peter just kept on, Peter just kept on knocking. I hear God speaking to somebody today. I think the voice of the Lord would say, just keep on knocking because you're at the right door. Don't stop knocking. You're in the, you're the right place. Don't stop knocking because Rhoda ran back and the people didn't believe. Keep on knocking. If God can use the imperfect faith of a hurting church to break Peter out of a prison cell, what can he do for you? But you got to keep asking. You got to keep seeking. And man, you got to keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. I want to flip the script for just a minute because we're looking at it from Peter's eyes standing outside the door. How about we look at it from the church's eyes standing inside the door? Um, so we're going to move inside now. And, and Peter is knocking. What does that mean? Your miracle is knocking at the door. Your miracle is not Peter is the miracle. They just were praying that Peter would be released from prison, and he's been released from prison, and he's outside the door. So that's their miracle they've been praying for. Your miracle is standing outside the door, but the only way for you to receive your miracle, what, is for you to open the door. I declare that Peter is standing outside your door. Your miracle is right there, but for some of you, your setbacks and your disappointments have caused you to stop believing for the miracle. James died. So how can we possibly really believe that Peter's outside the door? I had a setback. 
How could I possibly believe my miracle is there? I filed bankruptcy. It ended in divorce. The dream didn't come true. People betrayed me. Life got harder. It didn't get easier, even though I was praying. And I'm telling you, your miracle is standing just outside the door. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20 tells us, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. And they will eat with me. I challenge you to answer the door and believe again. Believe for your life and your faith that it's, listen, it's been easier for you just to yeah, lock the door. Yeah, whatever. I can't tell how many people I run into like that. And yeah, whatever. It, it, the power's in me. Power's not in God. So I'll just lock the door. Going through the motions isn't enough. Not long-term, it's not. If someone's failed you, he's still knocking. If you failed somebody, he's still knocking. If if, if you got hurt, he's still knocking. And if you hurt somebody else, yeah, some of you need to hear that. He's, he's, He's still knocking. As long as your heart is beating and breath is found in your lungs, Jesus will continue to knock. He will not let go or let up until he's accomplished his purpose in you and through you. It's a big deal. You've got a, it's a huge responsibility. He promises that if you will open the door, this is what Jesus promises, he will come in and he will eat with you. I think this connects a whole lot to something we studied before where it says, he has prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Let's just have a picnic in the midst of all this controversy around you, this assault, this attack around you. Let me come in and we'll have a nice dinner. You keep your eyes fixed on, right here, Troy, right here. Look right at me because I got you. That's what Jesus is saying. Why? He's my good shepherd. Why? He's, he's my light in a dark, dark world. Why? He's my defender. The Bible says he's the bread of life, the substance of life. The Bible says he's my hope. It says that he is my, he is my promise. It says on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. It says he is the alpha and the omega. Greek letters, Greek alpha, these the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the bright morning star. He died and now he lives and he is knocking at your door today. And here's what I know. When you open the door, well, verse number 16, you're going to be astonished. You're going to be astonished. Don't you want to be astonished? Because his justice is swift and his power is great. How do I know that? Spoiler alert. Because at the end of Acts chapter 12, Peter's still alive, but Herod is dead. His justice is swift. His power is great. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Close your eyes, if you would, for just a moment. It's in you that we find our strength, God, our hope. Fill us with your resurrection power this morning, God. Lord, we all have stuff. There's all of us have things going on burdens and cares and anxieties and fears 
discouragements. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you'd fill us with your strength and fill us with your hope and fill us with your power. Thank you, Jesus. Now, with your eyes closed, I got two quick questions for you. Number one, some of you are standing outside the door, and the question is, will you keep on knocking? Will you keep on seeking? Will you keep on asking? Will you keep on knocking? Will you keep pursuing? Will you keep praising? Will you keep believing? Will you keep on knocking? Will you keep on trusting? Will you keep on hoping? Will you keep on persevering? Will you keep on knocking? And somebody in here, I just feel it in my spirit, somebody in here has kind of thrown in the towel and thrown up your hands. And I'm telling you, get back in the fight again. You're in the lion's den. <laughs> but they're just, they're just kitty cats purring around. It's just intended to bring fear and hurt and, and anxiety into your mind. But listen, God has got you. Some of you think, man, this fire is going to be really hot. Listen, stay in the furnace because Jesus is with you. Some of you are like, man, I got to get out of this boat. The storm is too. Listen, stay in the boat peace be still. He'll calm the storm. He'll see you through it. Don't get out of the fight. Keep on knocking. So I got to wonder, heads bowed and eyes closed, will you keep knocking? If you've been tempted to stop knocking and today you're like, no, 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 no. Not, not anymore. Not today. Say, no, uh, I'm going to keep on knocking. That as your declaration of your faith today, slip your hand up to heaven and say, Jesus, I'll keep on knocking. I'll keep on knocking. I will keep on knocking. I will keep on knocking. I won't back up. I won't shut up. I won't put up anymore. I will keep on knocking. I will press on. I will see the glory of my great and mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I got another question for you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, lower those hands if you would, please. The second question is kind of like it under the first. Now you're on the inside and Jesus is the one knocking. The question I have is, will you open the door to Jesus? Will you open, uh, there, you gotta, you gotta know his knock. There's not a peephole, there's not a side window. You're, there's no uh, ring doorbell that you can check on the app. You gotta know his knock. You gotta know that Jesus is standing at the door offering you salvation, offering you hope, offering you help, offering you counsel, but it's gonna take complete trust on your side to undeadbolt that door because you've undeadbolted that door before and you've opened that door and all kinds of hurt and all kinds of pain have come into your life and now you're afraid to open the door at all. You've established a graven image and the God that you worship is the God of yourself. And you're like, I will do this. I'm in control. Listen, Jesus is saying, if you will open the door to me. Now he could bust the door. He even proved that he can walk straight through the door. But Jesus is not gonna do that for you because he said, you gotta open the door. And when you do, dude, we're gonna have dinner together. We're gonna, we're gonna sup together. We're gonna connect. I'm gonna look at you and you're gonna look at me and you'll find hope and grace and peace that you have no idea you were, you were capable of having. Will you open the door to Jesus? Some of you have been scared. Some of you have been struggling with this. Some of you have kind of relied upon yourself for a little bit too long. And I'm challenging you this morning. Will you open the door? If, if Listen, if that's your declaration of faith, no one's looking around, slip your hand up right now to Jesus and say, I will always open the door to you. I will always open the door to you, Jesus. I will always open the door to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus is calling you to a higher level today. 
He is ministering by power and grace and mercy and might in this room. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move in our minds, move in our hearts, move in our spirits, our families, our households. God, would you touch, strengthen, encourage, redeem, and restore in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I want to sing this song one more time. I want you to mean this. Listen, we got to sing it so we can see it. We got to sing it so we can see it. And then after we sing it, I'm going to bless you and we're going to believe for God's greatness as you leave this place. Hallelujah. Jesus. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the unto you. Can somebody say amen? Now, we've got to pray for a big miracle before we go. Um, my brother, Jerry German back there, has, uh, has, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he likes to fish, but he's never really caught. And he's going fishing this week, and he wants to catch a salmon, a big old salmon. And I got to believe he's going to catch a big old salmon. I got to believe that, yes. So I, I believe that you'll catch a big old, take, take, take five, is that what you're saying? Five, that you'll five, <laughs> catch a big old salmon. And so I 
I'd say that tongue in cheek, but I'd really like for him to catch it. I really would like for you to catch a big old salmon. We love you and we're we're very grateful to serve you as your as your pastors. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. Have a great Sunday. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God.